Stolk Heights in small town America, welcome to The High Road. We're the new voice of the exhausted majority. Here now is your host, Donnie Hall. A lot of Americans are growing weary of the way Democrats and Republicans are running things. To be frank, so am I. Welcome to the maiden voyage of The High Road. I'm your host, Donnie Hall. Here, we want to be a voice for what Fortune magazine calls the exhausted majority. The 86% of Americans who make up the political middle. Our voices seem to be lost in all the noise and clamoring created by the 14% who encompass the extreme right or extreme left of politics. Not to mention the opines, not news, opines of drive-by media. I can't help but think there's got to be a high road somewhere where leaders from both sides of the aisle can lead us to a better tomorrow. Looking back on my impressionable teenage years when I was developing an interest in all things political, my apolitical mother of all people advised me that we should be most concerned about our local politics, school boards, city councils, county commissions. After that, she said, we should pay attention to what's happening at the state level. The last thing we should be concerned with, she said, is what's happening in Washington, D.C. <laughs> my mom, huh? Well, it took me a long time to realize that that is how it was intended by our founders and how it is supposed to be. Washington should be the least in our lives. But it's not. In our lifetimes, the federal government's taken more and more of a leading role from state and local governments. They've done it by controlling the nation's purse strings. Even though the Civil War changed the, the face of federalism, it did not destroy states' rights. That happened later. In the Great Depression, people demanded the federal government do something to help. So FDR introduced his New Deal. Then there was another power grab in the 1960s under Kennedy's New Frontier and Johnson's Great Society. Since then, like a weed, Washington's power has grown and grown. Only under President Reagan were efforts taken to curtail government growth. Sadly, that progress was short-lived. So how do we fix the problem? I think, generally, our states can do more to help themselves than the feds ever can. Let me say that again. Our states can do more to help themselves than the feds ever can. And it doesn't require more taxes. In my own state of Tennessee, we do not pay a single penny of state income tax. But we have paved roads. We pay our teachers and public servants. And we have the largest windfall in our state's history. I'm just saying, it could be high time for the states to wrest control back from the folks in Washington. We'll talk more about it in just a little bit. Right now, a quick 30-second break. Powered by Spotify, you're listening to The High Road. There's more right after this. I am alive. These three short words may be all that it's needed to ease the minds of distraught loved ones half a world away. Every year, conflict, disaster, migration, and other humanitarian emergencies separate families internationally. Through the Restoring Family Links program, the American Red Cross is there to reunite them. 
If you're looking for a loved one, begin your free and confidential search today by contacting the American Red Cross or visit redcross.org. Welcome back to the program. I'm Donnie Hall, and this is The High Road. Before the break, we were talking about how states may need to become less dependent on federal monies. A recent article I read by Jeffrey M. Jones for Gallup caught my attention. The headline was, Americans Trust Local Government Most, Congress Least. The report came from Gallup's annual update on trust in government institutions and actors. Now, this poll was conducted between September 1st and September 23rd, before Congress averted a possible government shutdown, and before the vote was made to remove Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy. According to Jones' article, at 67%, Americans have the most faith in the local government, and at 32%, the least faith in Congress. In the piece, Jones writes, Between these two extremes... Majorities express trust in state government and in the American people, while less than half are confident in the executive and judicial branches of the federal government, elected officials and candidates for office, and in the federal government's ability to handle both domestic and international problems. Folks, that's just not good. Now, now bear with me for just a moment here as we unpack some of the numbers from the poll. Gallup asked, how much trust and confidence do you have in, and they listed several areas. The first was local governments, where you live, when it comes to handling local problems. 67% responded that they have a great deal or fair amount of trust and confidence in their local representatives. Next was the government in the state you live in when it comes to handling state problems. Here, 59% responded, a great deal or fair amount of trust and confidence. When it comes to the American people as a whole to make judgments under our democratic system about the issues facing our country, well, only 55% stated they have a great deal of or fair amount of trust and confidence in their neighbors. Ooh, ooh, ooh. This one here surprised me. What kind of trust and confidence do you have in the judicial branch headed by the Supreme Court? Now, what was once the most venerable institution in the United States now only has 49% of those polled who have a great deal or fair amount of trust and confidence in them. A majority of 51% say their trust and confidence in the federal courts is little to none. Now, when it comes to handling international problems, 55% say they have very little or no trust and confidence in the federal government. 59% of respondents say they have little to no trust and confidence in the executive branch. 59% also say they have little to no trust and confidence in the men and women in political life in this country who either hold office or are running for office. For the record, only 4% of those surveyed said they had a great deal of trust and confidence in these people. Our elected representatives only have the trust and confidence of 4% of the people who sent them to office? This is just downright shameful, everyone. When it comes to the federal government to handle domestic problems, 63% 
Almost two-thirds say they have little to no confidence that they're doing the right things. And finally, when asked their levels of trust and confidence in the U.S. Senate and House of Representatives, 67% say they have little or no trust and confidence in them. Only 2% claim to have a great deal of confidence and trust. 2%. Again, everyone, shameful. The poll stated that Democrats are more trusting of most U.S. government institutions than Republicans and independents are, which is, don't hate the messenger, it's largely a reflection of the Biden administration. So, what do these numbers mean to us? Well, what jumps off the page to me is that only 2% of those polled have trust and confidence in the legislative branch, and only 4% feel good about current office holders or those who are running for office. Our low confidence in these institutions and players, well, it can't be our faults, can it? After all, all we did was elect them. The blame must lie with the big party machines battling for the ultimate control of Oz. Let me just say this. If I were a congressman, I would be totally embarrassed by these poll findings. And right now, I would be getting with my buddies on the Hill to try to figure out a way to change them. Because one day, one day... The money will stop, and the voters will figure out they don't have to send these same people back to office. (laughs) Here's a novel thought. Hey, Congress, how about taking the high road, where you work to do the right thing instead of just the party thing? I've said this for years. If there was an equal third party out there that broke the 50-50 stalemate in Washington and across the U.S. and created... I don't know, something closer to a 33-33-33, where no single party had a majority. Well, I'm pretty certain things would change and our representatives would have to vote what's right for their constituency rather than how the party bosses tell them they have to vote. On the flip side, if I were a city councilman or county commissioner right now, I would be pretty danged pleased with what Gallup reported. I would. Now, folks, don't get me wrong. I love our system of government. It is the best there's ever been on earth. The problem is, right now, it is party flawed, and in many ways, nearly broken, all because of partisan politics. Are the Republicans and Democrats each striving to achieve absolute power? Sometimes I think so. Even in my home state, where Republicans own a supermajority in the legislature, I sometimes feel like Schoolyard bullying goes on in the endeavor to reach absolute power. Speaking of that, Henry Kissinger once wrote, Power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Let me say that again. Power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. I'm reminded of a story from the late Senator Howard Baker when he once said, and and I might be paraphrasing this a little bit, he said, never argue too vehemently with a man across the table from you because he might be right. I guess what I'm trying to say here is that there is a place for meaningful dialogue in federal, state, and local politics. It's only when all players are at the table with their voices heard that real change and progress can be made. Now, you don't always have to agree with them, but at least be respectful and hear them out. You might actually learn something. If that can't happen, 
then maybe it is time for a viable third party, the voice of the exhausted majority, to step forward and force both Democrats and Republicans to take the high road and do what is best for their constituencies, for their states, and for the United States of America. You're in tune with the voice of the exhausted majority. This is The High Road with Donnie Hall. Did you know the safest way for babies to sleep is on their backs? Just having become a grandfather recently, I'm paying attention to these types of things. Sudden Infant Death Syndrome, or SIDS, is the leading cause of death in infants between one month and one year of age. You can reduce the risk of SIDS by placing babies on their backs to sleep for naps and at night. To learn more, call 1-800-505-CRIB. That's 1-800-505-2742. This is a public service of The High Road. I'm Naheem Hines, professional football player and proud supporter of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. My mom was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy when I was 14, and I watched her struggle. But MDA helped her get the best treatments and care, and they also help kids like my buddy Ethan. My name is Ethan, and I'm 12 years old. Thanks to the Muscular Dystrophy Association and people like you, I have more hope than ever before. From day one, they've treated me like family at my local care center. MDA is the only one that funds over 150 care centers across the U.S. to help provide state-of-the-art care for adults and kids like me. For over 70 years, MDA has been transforming the lives of people living with muscular dystrophy, ALS, and other related neuromuscular diseases. They fund the research for breakthrough treatments, care, and cures. And MDA provides support to thousands of families like mine and Ethan's in communities like yours. Thanks to MDA, kids and adults can live life to its fullest. Join us and learn more at MDA.org today. Welcome back to The High Road. I'm Donnie Hall. In the future, we hope that this segment will bring you interviews with some amazing people who can offer insights to the news, views, and politics of today, as well as some glimpses into our political past. Today, however, let's talk about what's going on in the news. Our esteemed U.S. Congress is still looking for a speaker. Yesterday, two more hostages were released by Hamas. Both hostages were elderly Israeli females. Chevron has announced it will purchase Hess Corporation in a $535 billion all-stock deal. The Texas Rangers won the American League Championship yesterday and will advance to the World Series. Meanwhile, the NBA tips off their 2023-24 season tonight. An off-duty Alaska Airlines pilot's been charged with 83 counts of attempted murder and reckless endangerment for allegedly trying to shut off plane engines mid-flight. What seems most important to me today is how a few U.S. congressmen find it okay to hold America's government hostage. Yes, I said hostage, because that is what they are doing. I'm talking, of course, about Congress' inability or unwillingness to select a new Speaker of the House. Without a Speaker, nothing can be accomplished. So, let's go back. On September 30th, Congress passed a stopgap funding bill with overwhelming Democratic support after Republican House Speaker Kevin McCarthy backed down from an earlier demand by his party's hardliners for a partisan bill. According to Reuters that day, McCarthy abandoned party hardliners' insistence that any bill 
pass the House with only Republican votes. Reuters further noted that the Speaker's change in course, quote, could cause one of his far-right members to try to oust him from his leadership role, end quote. Well, as you know, it didn't take long for Florida Republican Matt Gates to introduce a motion to vacate, which would remove Carthy from the Speaker's position. As for Gates, or however you pronounce his name, he or his handlers are you know, they're smarter than we may think. I'm sure Gates didn't file the motion before they whipped the House to know where they stood on the vote. My guess is, and this is just a guess, even though he was the filer, he may not have been the actual mastermind of the plan. And don't forget, back in January, it took 15 ballots and a lot of backroom diplomacy to get the ultra-conservatives to back McCarthy as Speaker in the first place. Well, as you know, for the first time in history, McCarthy was ousted as Speaker of the House because, and I'll say this out loud, he took the high road and did what was best for the American people by brokering a deal with the Democrats to keep the government running, at least for a little while. Of course, that did not sit well with the ultracons, or ultraconservatives. Imagine now, in your minds, a square graph with dots on it representing all the Republican members of Congress. The dots in the upper right, which are few, are the ultracons, or the ultraconservatives, the Trumpers, if you will. The dots in the lower left are more centrist, and then there are all the dots between the two extremes. When McCarthy ran for the Speaker's seat, his dot was closer to the lower left. The dots on the upper right fought him for 15 rounds before he was finally confirmed. It was an upper right dot, Gates, that ushered his removal from the seat. Now, the dots cannot seem to agree on anything. Jim Jordan, whose dot lies in the upper right, was opposed by those in the lower left. As of this posting, who can rise up that both extremes, or at least 217 dots, can agree on? To date, no Democrat has voted in favor of any Republican leader. Who can we choose that will put our government back in business? At this point, not having talked to any members of Congress directly, who will they agree on, if anyone? My party, the party of Ronald Reagan, is in total disarray. The GOP is fractured and not in lockstep as it was in the 1980s and early 90s. Those were the days when real progress was achieved. Former House Speaker Newt Gingrich on one of the Sunday morning talk shows warned that the House GOP conference possesses a very real danger of electing a speaker and then in a few weeks of going back into the same mess. As President Reagan turns over in his grave, when, if ever, will any of our current leaders take the high road and do what is best for the country? Okay, I see it's time for another break. When we come back, we'll have some good news for you. Stick around. More of The High Road is coming your way right after this short break. Children are the greatest joy and our best hope for a better future. Friends, they are the future. But did you know that millions of kids are facing hunger every day? Food is not just food. It's energy, health, confidence, hope, and even love. Yes, love. Learn more about how No Kid Hungry is helping end child hunger in America at helpnokidhungry.org. 
I'm William Shatner. I've been around a long time, but I'm truly humbled when I see the real battles our brave, paralyzed veterans have faced defending our freedom. I was on a routine patrol, and uh, we were in the desert of Kuwait, and the vehicle flipped and landed on top of me, which uh, left me paralyzed from the waist down. Okay, folks, this, this, this is heroism. That's why I'm proud to support Paralyzed Veterans of America. Go to pva.org to learn how you can make a difference. All right, son, time to put out this campfire. Dad, we learned about this in school. Oh, did you now? Okay, what's first? Smokey Bear said to... First drown it with a bucket of water, then stir it with a shovel. Wow, you sound just like him. Then he said... If it's still warm, then do it again. Where can I learn all this? It's all on SmokeyBear.com with other wildfire prevention tips, because only you can prevent wildfires. Brought to you by the USDA Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the High Road. Just to make sure you don't think America is going to hell in a handbasket, there are still a lot of good things that happen from sea to shining sea. Recently, I've seen good news about American hostages being released from Gaza. That's great. A hero bus driver saved a boy from choking on a coin. And the Rolling Stones launched their first album in 18 years and are performing in New York City with guest Lady Gaga. But... I think one of my favorite good news stories of late is that of a FedEx delivery driver who went beyond the call of duty to help a young man get ready for his high school homecoming. Apparently, this particular driver helped the young man tie his necktie before going to the homecoming. He didn't have to help the kid, but he did. And that is what's great about humanity. I remember when my right-handed dad tried to teach his left-handed son how to tie a double Windsor. It took a while, but eventually his efforts paid off. Later in life, as a drill instructor in the military, I found myself teaching countless young men the art of the left-handed and right-handed double Windsor. The fact that this delivery driver took time out of his day to help a kid he didn't even know speaks volumes to his character and represents the best of the wonderful people who live in this land we call America. Stay tuned. I'll have some final thoughts in... 30 seconds. This is the High Road. In times of crisis, the American Red Cross is there for the men and women of the United States Armed Forces and their families. From communicating messages during emergencies to outreach to the National Guard and Reserves, to veterans assistance and military hospital visits, the Red Cross provides vital services. Support the Red Cross service to the Armed Forces and change a life starting with your own. To find out how you can help, visit www.redcross.org or contact your local chapter of the American Red Cross. Thank you. Welcome back to the High Road. I just um, came across this article just a few minutes ago. It's from the National Association of Broadcasters, 
They say that more than 200 members of the House of Representatives and 24 senators are now supporting a resolution opposing any new performance fee, tax, royalty, or other charge on local broadcast radio stations. The Local Radio Freedom Act, or LRFA, which signals the opposition of members of Congress to any potential legislation that that imposes new performance royalties on broadcast radio stations for music airplay, now has, get this, 202 co-sponsors in the House and 24 in the Senate. It's amazing. They can come up with 202 co-sponsors for a bill about radio stations, but they cannot come up with enough people to elect a Speaker of the House. A little crazy, if you ask me. Next time on The High Road, we'll be talking more about the exhausted majority, the silent 86% who reside in the political middle. For now, let me leave you with a quote from a former Secretary of State, Mr. Colin Powell. General Powell said, Always do your very best. Even when no one else is looking, you always are. Don't disappoint yourself. Great words from a great man. Feel free to contact me with your comments, questions, or complaints at DonnieHall.com. That's DonnieHall.com. Who knows, the exhausted majority may even air your question or comment on a future program. Until next time, pray for your local and state governments, pray for America, and continue praying for the people of Ukraine and Israel. Just pray. I'm Donnie Hall reminding you that taking the high road is always the best road.